Hi, I'm Michelle, and I'm... Wait, am I the straight-laced psychotherapist? I thought I was going to be the unconventional hypnotherapist, and you were going to be the super serious trauma specialist. No, you were going to be the relationship expert. Like, love expert. And you're going to be the specialist who guides people with down-to-earth techniques for transmuting trauma? Yeah, yeah, that's me. Okay, good. I'll be the love expert. I mean, I am the love expert. I think we have this all sorted out. I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light, and this is Holding Ground. Today and every Monday, we've got a little bit of everything for you. Shall we? Yeah, let's do this. Good morning and welcome back to Holding Ground. I'm Laura Richer, your host, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And here every Monday morning on KKNW, we are here to talk a a little bit about everything in the world of therapy and positive mental health. And just in case you missed us on 9 a.m., you can catch us um, on a podcast platform like iTunes, Spotify, Podcast One, and maybe some other ones, too, that I have forgotten. (laughs) Anyway, I'm here today with my co-host, Michelle Mooney, who is also a licensed psychotherapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Good morning, Michelle. How are you? Good morning, Laura. Good morning to our listeners. I can't believe this is already episode three, and summer is here. It is the second day of summer, and we actually get a beautiful, sunny day in the Pacific Northwest. It rarely happens in June, (laughs) so we're so lucky. Finally! Just a little excited over here. <laughs> it is exciting. So summer this year, 2020 has been just a bunch of curveballs thrown our way. And now we're facing uh, the summertime, which is usually really exciting. However, this year might be a little bit different. So I was thinking about going into summertime this year, what that might look like. And what came to mind is a reality show that I used to watch years ago called Big Brother. Did you ever watch that show? <laughs> I did for a uh, like season or two. It's a very interesting concept and very fun. And kind of and, relevant to what's happening yes, today. All yes. these strangers are thrown into a house together and <laughs> and they and they psychologically manipulate each other to get each other out of the game and they don't really know what is true and so everything it's just a big game where you're trying to uh, make decisions in a time of uncertainty when you don't really know right, what is exactly. actually you coming your where, way. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, and the other thing about that show that really reminded me of what's been going on this year is the tagline was expect the unexpected, which I think Ooh, is good. very fitting yes. for what we've been dealing with in 2020. Um, so as we conti- continue to deal with uncertainty and major disruptions in our lives, even sometimes in the case of our health and well-being, I was thinking of of this summer as a reality show. So if this summer was a reality show, Michelle, what do you think we should call it? You know, I think we should call it the summer of acceptance. Even better, the summer of radical acceptance. I love that. So why do you say that? Why do you think acceptance is such on the menu for this summer? There's so many things out there that we have very little control over right now. And so accepting is not necessarily liking or approving, but it's, you know, this is the situation and there's nothing I can do. I'm going to get stuck if I try to keep controlling things. Um, so acceptance is really just acknowledging where you're at in that moment, acknowledging what's going on. Um, and, you know, we're going to give a radical acceptance crash course today um, and living in time of uncertainty and you know again like what Laura was saying is that this is not turning out to be a normal summer we all had plans we maybe had a holiday plan 
vacation plan. Uh, weekend music festivals are a huge thing in the summer. No around this, this year. No festivals, no road trips, no cocktail parties on private yachts. Well, or... I'm still going to be having cocktails on the private yacht. <laughs> okay. but, yeah. I might run a canoe and maybe <laughs> do it that way. Or my little speedboat. One yeah, of exactly. On my bike. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, this summer has, um, you know, it's very different because of the viral uh global pandemic, demonstrations, the upcoming election is bringing up a lot for people. And there's a lot of opportunity to feel negative about our circumstances. So when we're experiencing unwanted circumstances, acceptance is really the only path forward. I absolutely love it. The summer of radical acceptance, because you're right. When we are in uncertain times, when we're dealing with things that we don't like, our our gut instinct most of the time is to dig in and resist it and say, I don't like this, that Mm -hmm. I don't want to accept what is happening. Mm -hmm. But the truth is there's really no path forward unless we do at least attempt to start accepting what what is going on around us. And that is different than not trying to change the things that we have control over. There Mm -hmm. are some things that we do have control over and we can make changes. Um, But a global pandemic is not necessarily one of those things. Mm -hmm. Maybe the politics of the world today, if you're not in agreement with them, those might not be one of those Mm -hmm. things. And so we have to work on accepting the things that we can't change, um, as the serenity prayer says. So, Michelle, how do you define acceptance? Just kind of a broad term, like what is it? What does it really mean to accept something? Right, accepting is really willingness. Uh, it's a t- you know to tolerate difficult situations. That really helps. And the important thing to focus on acceptance is a willful act. We do get to decide over that if we're going to try to start accepting things. That can be accepting things about ourselves, the current climate of um, what you know is going on in the world. Um, so in other words, it is really just a choice. So we're going to today's show, we're going to answer three most asked questions by our clients about how to really choose acceptance because it isn't easy. And it's a big conversation right now. I know I've been having this conversation with my clients as well about how do we accept the things that are really unsettling to us that we don't want to have happen. Mm -hmm. And so, Michelle, give us question number one that we're going to be answering today. So number one is how do we accept things that we do not like or agree with? So that could be people, that can be circumstances. Number two is um, how do I have compassion for myself and others, even if we do not agree? So maybe on topics that are going on right now, there can be a lot of disagreements in families or friendships. Um, And then number three is how do we take advantage of what the present moment does have to offer? I love all of these questions. I think that there is so much great information in exploring these topics because it can it feels so personal. If if my family member has an opposing viewpoint as me, it can it can feel very personal and hurtful. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, maybe I want to create space to have that relationship and and have that person in my life. So I don't want to just shut out everyone Mm -hmm. who has a different Mm -hmm. point of view. So I might have to accept their point of view. Or it could be the opposite of that. It could be that I might have to determine that, accept that that is a type of uh, behavior or viewpoint or way of being that I don't have space for in my life. And that's something that I would have to accept, that maybe there's some boundaries to be had there. So acceptance can mean all kinds of different things. And I think it is so important because there's so many things going on within us internally sometimes that are hard to accept or even, like we've mentioned several times, our external circumstances So I'm excited for today's show because we're going to explore how it might be possible to reduce stress 
and even find joy in this crazy summer of 2020 during these uncertain times. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of amazing information and insight out there that we can uh, look into and resources that we can use. And we're excited to share some of those with you today. So first of all, I want to mention when it comes to acceptance, psychotherapist, meditation teacher, and author Tara Brock. Tara Brock. Sorry. Tara. Tara. Mm -hmm. And um, if you don't know her work, you want to look her up. She actually has a book called Radical Acceptance, mm-hmm. so right on point with what we're talking about. Yes. And here is what Tara says about acceptance. She says, clearly recognizing what is happening inside us and regarding what we see with an open, kind, and loving heart is what I call radical acceptance. So, Michelle, I know you are a huge Tara Brock fan. Can you break this down for us? What does it mean to recognize what is happening inside and see with an open and loving heart? Yeah, and that's important because we're talking a lot about acceptance of the global climate right now, acceptance of things that have came from the pandemic or the social change movements. But also this is something we have to do outside of everything that's going on. And the acceptance piece about, you know, really looking at what's going on inside of us, that can be related to other things, right? Yeah, we're doing that all the time. Exactly. So checking in with those things that are going on with you and allowing them to happen. So let's say I have a lot of anxiety about work or I have a lot of depression or grief around maybe losing somebody to COVID or somebody that got sick or maybe we even got sick ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it's really about being in the moment and recognizing and accepting just where you're at and then having compassion for that and allowing it to exist without judgment and maybe even with some empathy and, you know, better relationships that can come out of it. Yes. Yes. You know, and there are so many things, like you said, outside of what's happening this year that we're going to to be asked to accept that we don't want. And mm-hmm. I know in your work, you do a lot of therapy and counseling um, around topics and grief. And mm-hmm. so grief, of course, when we're grieving, maybe something very serious, the loss of a loved one, for example. I mean, that is something that we don't like, that we don't want to have that experience. But at the same time, we have to accept that experience mm-hmm. so we can find a path forward. So when you're working with someone around topics of grief, like mm-hmm. how, how do you talk to them about acceptance? Yeah, and that can be very hard because we've all heard about the six stages of grief. And so the first one usually can be denial, right? Mm-hmm. So if we're, we're in that denial phase and grief is a very delicate process. So if that's part of it, it's OK. You know, um, you know, Aunt, Aunt Frankie, she died. And just be, can she really have died? Is she really dead? And being stuck in that place. I can't believe that this happened. I can't believe that this has happened. There's some sort of instinct there, like, what could I have done better? What could I still do, right? But at the end of the day, Aunt Frankie is gone, right? And so accepting that is, again, not liking it, not loving it. None of us want to go through loss of family, friends, but just saying, okay, this is what is going on, and then acknowledging that grief within yourself. So if the grief is bringing up feelings of isolation, perhaps you need someone to just witness your grief know that you're going through that sitting with you through that even if they can't share in the experience just being there for you um so one exercise i really like to do around acceptance in general is from tara brock actually Mm. um she has a great exercise called rain Mm. and rain is actually an acronym so r stands for recognize so just recognizing what's going on am i feeling anxious am i feeling unloved am i feeling devastation for some reason just recognizing that and then the a is acceptance 
okay, this is the situation. Um, I can't change this. I have no control over it. And letting go of those things that we really can't control, but also just accept what we might be feeling and what we might be experiencing. I is investigating. So investigating maybe where the um, source of, you know, what we're struggling with is coming from. And it's investigating with care. So, you know, if a negative emotion is coming up, so what? Mm -hmm. That's what you're feeling. So just maybe investigate that more. What could be under my anger? Anger is a, you know, top emotion, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how we sometimes let things out that we're struggling with. And really anger, there's more underneath that. So you look at a primary emotion, Okay, anger. So what's underneath that? I underneath that, I need respect. I need, you know, to feel loved in some way. Anger really can inform us about what we need, even though we might not be expressing that in the most healthy way. But acknowledging anger tells us something. And then N is nurture. So how do we nurture ourselves after going through this? Um, can we visualize something peaceful? Um, maybe we go for a walk, just letting it sink in. And I find it really interesting, this exercise, um, working with clients, it can bring up things that they weren't even you know, knowledgeable about being there, right? But since you're taking the time to slow down and you know, really recognizing, accepting, and investigating what's going on, then we can care for ourselves after that. And um, yeah, so I've had clients that go through this, and I did have a client once. Um, he was working through you know, some relationship things that he was maybe hung up on a little bit, um, and we went through it and he actually realized, wow, I've been projecting a lot of my old stuff from a past relationship onto this person. Mm -hmm. um, and also something came up where he realized he really wanted to be with his ex and comparing his ex to his new partner. Mm -hmm. And so Rain helped him identify that like, wow, I didn't even know I was doing that. I didn't know my ex was any sort of piece of this. Um, so through this process of radical acceptance, we can truly love ourselves. I love that. And I think that that's so important to realize is sometimes it's not about what you think it's about. So it's that process of the slowing down and recognizing yes. what's happening and, mm -hmm. and investigating. Because I think a lot of the things that we do feel, you know, our emotions are alerting us to something. But yep. if we don't explore them, mm -hmm. they might not be alerting us to what we think they're alerting us to. Mm -hmm. So. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we get when we return, we're going to offer up some more tools, um, including tools to accept opinions and behaviors when we don't agree with them. Ooh, okay. Some people choose their specialty, and sometimes the specialty chooses them. For me, becoming a relationship therapist, well, it was a little of both. Hi, I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective, and over the last decade, I've explored love from every angle: professionally, self-love, unrequited love. And yes, personally, too. I love love. It's the most powerful force on the planet. It affects everything we do. My co-host, Michelle Mooney, is an absolute expert on healing anxiety and trauma and the ways we can move out of pain and suffering to create a life full of purpose and meaning. This is Holding Ground. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing. Our specialty is helping others. At the end of the day, and well, on every Monday morning, what motivates us and drives us is helping you. So thank you for being here. It's sort of the best thing you could ever do. Oh, I love that. But I guess I would, right? Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. You may not realize how important three letters can be. For a patient who needs type A, B, or O blood, these letters can mean life. But there simply aren't enough people giving blood. 
Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs it, but only about 3% of the population donates. Without more donors, hospitals may not have the blood needed to save lives. That's why the American Red Cross needs people to help restore the A's, B's, and O's that are depleting each day. When you make your appointment to donate blood at redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types, you can help give strength to kids parents, and grandparents who face life and death challenges. From cancer patients to accident survivors waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patients need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, welcome back to Holding Ground, where every week we dig into topics around love, trauma, and positive mental health. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a licensed psychotherapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective, and I am here with my co-host, who is also a licensed therapist, Michelle Mooney. Hey, Michelle. Hello. And we are talking about moving from a bummer summer into a summer of radical acceptance. So, Michelle, if somebody wanted to find more about our radio show or wanted to learn a little bit more about Anchor Light Therapy Collective, where could they find us? Definitely on social media, Facebook, find our uh, show on Holding Ground. And then on Facebook also for our practice is Anchor Light Therapy Collective. On Instagram, Holding Ground Talk Radio, and then Anchor Light Therapy for our practice and anchorlighttherapy.com. And if you go on there, if you're liking what you can hear on our show, you can do sign up for a free consultation, um, only 20 minutes, and we can get to know you and decide if we're all going to be a good match going forward and that we can meet their needs and that and we can work with you on some topics around uh, mental health and acceptance if yeah. you want a little one-on-one support. So, yes, we offer a complimentary 20-minute consultation, and you can sign up for that at anchorlighttherapy.com. So, as we mentioned Michelle, be- before, <laughs> before uh, Michelle is an absolute expert when it comes to working with grief and trauma. And so I imagine when you tell people what you do for a job at dinner parties, Michelle, you might scare a few of them away. Right. Uh, I specialize in trauma and grief and anxiety. Um, you know, interesting things to be an expert in, but it's needed, right? And we can very, help you with the, yeah, what we know and what we... Very needed right now. Yeah, exactly. Heavy topics, but definitely what we like to talk about here on Holding Ground. So this is what, you know, this is so crucial right now. Learning about acceptance is so crucial because there are so many things really all the time, but especially right now in the midst of a global pandemic and all of the other things that are going on in the world that um, are just so out of our control. And and in these times when things feel especially uncertain, it can really trigger past trauma to start coming up for people. And so I was kind of curious, Michelle, when you're working with your clients um, who already have a history of trauma and then they're placed in an even more... Um, triggering environment of uncertainty. What can that bring up and what what can you do about that? 
Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of triggers that can come up right now, obviously. Um, a big one is my health, my physical safety, mm. right? If I go to the grocery store and I'm one out of 10 people wearing a mask, if I'm one out of 10 people who's actually social distancing, right? My physical safety feels like it, it's in danger and that can be related to past trauma. Yeah. Um, if you had a past illness, maybe mm-hmm. you were immunocompromised or there's something going on with you where that even feels, you know, compounds that mm-hmm. that feeling of being threatened. Right. Yeah. So we get kind of, you know, held in that place of, am I safe? Am I going to be safe? And going over in our heads again and again, um, understanding what's going on inside of us and also physically, right? If we're having attached systems, Uh, symptoms of trauma to our bodies, which does happen if you suddenly get a pit in your stomach, if you have tension in your shoulders, acknowledging those things. And one thing that we can do to treat past trauma and even current trauma, this is bringing up new trauma experiences for a lot of people. Um, So one of the ways that we do treat this is um, EMDR, which we're going to talk all about next week. Yes, we're yes. going to do a whole show on this fantastic therapy that Michelle does that is considered the the gold standard in treating post-traumatic stress disorder and any trauma-related disorder. So mm-hmm. we will get more in-depth with that. And what does EMDR stand for again, Michelle? Eye movement to such. <laughs> Desensitization reprocessing. Which is why we call it EMDR. But just in case you want to look it up, it is very fascinating and it really helps people work through traumatic experience. And I think you brought something up that people sometimes don't know that this can be an aspect of trauma is that you can actually have a very physical response to something. Mm -hmm. So you might notice that like your heart is racing, you're feeling pain in your body. Mm -hmm. Um, You might eat palms, feeling like dry mouth, faints. Yeah. All of those things. And sometimes even people think that they're having a physical reaction, that they're having a heart Mm -hmm. attack or there's Mm -hmm. something physically wrong with them. But in fact, they are having a trauma response. So I just it's good to educate people about what could be going on so that we can use all these awesome tools to help them address it. Right. Um, And again, EMDR is a great way to um, focus on what has maybe come up in the past for you, neutralizing, especially those physical experiences, right? So through EMDR, that lessens for us. So when we are reminded of the trauma, both our emotions and our physical symptoms are neutralized, you know, definitely reduced. Um, So, and you know what, EMDR is a process just like any other therapy. So the very first stage is building rapport with your therapist, seeing if it's going to be a good fit for you. Um, and then sometimes just talk therapy for a while. So you don't just have them walk in and just have them go straight to the sit no. down, go back to the worst memory ever. Exactly. <laughs> Unless if you were my client, Laura, but <laughs> then, <laughs> then I might be able to do it. I've done a little bit of prep work. Though, yeah. But yeah. You don't have to just jump right in. There is a process of getting to know each other. Yes. Yeah. And then once you establish that you feel like you're in a safe space to process some of these things, right? Because that's part of it is, okay, we're doing the reprocessing in a safe space. We're talking about things that are really triggering or harmful to us in a safe space so we can kind of let that out. And so the dialogue piece and the talk therapy piece, which, you know, we definitely do, and that can be incorporated with EMDR. You don't have to see an EMDR specialist and only do EMDR. So doing that talk therapy, because what comes out in that is where the client is currently stuck. And those are the first places that we can work with with EMDR. Okay, cool. So again, trying to accept what has happened in the past, finding that path forward so you don't feel stuck. So you so you really can move forward. Um, 
Another therapy that you can use, which is a therapy that I practice, is yeah. called hypnotherapy. Um, and it again, we're we're reprocessing memories. We're we're going back to the past and finding out tr- to find out what the 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 trigger is for the client, and then trying to basically unhook them from that trigger. So. An example in my own personal life, actually, is that, and I've used hypnotherapy where I am the client because I think it's such an awesome type of therapy, is that I was so afraid of public speaking and I'm still not one to want to like get on a big spa- stage and work with the crowd. But I was actually part of a networking group where I would just have to stand up and say like a 30 second commercial about my business. And I felt like I was literally going to die every time I would stand up to talk about my business. And these were all lovely, friendly people. There was no threat mm-hmm. to my mm-hmm. well-being. And I would have, you know, a panic response to it. And so in hypnotherapy, you know, I was able to go back to some memories where I could see, you know, as a child where I did feel threatened speaking in front of people and be Mm -hmm. able to reframe those experiences and look at them in a different way. And I really don't have that experience anymore. Like I said, if I was going to be in a big auditorium of Mm -hmm. 20,000 people, I'm sure that there would be some fear that came up. But I was really able to to unhook whatever that was that was triggering Mm -hmm. that response. So it is very effective. It's exciting work to be able to do with people. It is exciting. And you're the one who specializes in hypnotherapy, just so our, li- our listeners know. And also couples therapy. You do individual therapy. We're all about therapy at Anchor Light Therapy <laughs> yes. Collective. Yes. All kinds of we therapy. We have lots of options and ways for healing. <laughs> yes. Yep. So especially in times of uncertainty, which is what we're dealing with right now. Um, so the other, so the next expert that we wanted to bring up, who is actually from, um, I don't know if she's from Seattle, but she works in Seattle. She's a mm-hmm. professor at the University of Washington, is Marsha Linehan, and she is considered one of the most highly regarded researchers and clinicians of of modern times. She de- developed a type of therapy called um, DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. And it was actually developed to help treat people who have um, different personality disorders, specifically borderline personality disorder. But actually, it's such a, a an effective therapy that it's used to treat all kinds of things. You know, I know it's used in treating children and addiction and yep. um, all types of issues in therapy. So it's an awesome therapy. And a part of that therapy is also radical acceptance. So there's a theme here that we're yes, exactly. <laughs> in therapy. We're all trying to accept what is. Um, and this is what she has to say. Radical acceptance rests on letting go of the illusion of control and a willingness to notice and accept things as they are without judging. Yes, exactly. Um, there's a really great video of Marsha Linehan describing this experience and how she wanted out of it. Um, and one of her greatest lines, uh, quotes, is, you have to radically accept that you want what you do not have. And it's not a catastrophe. Um, if you're miserable, just annoyed as hell, but you can also just keep going. And that's that acceptance piece. So, And when we ris- uh, resist acceptance and what is going around on the, you know, what's going on around this that makes us mad, depressed, anxious. Um, we sometimes want to repress those things. Mm-hmm. So whether we do it by trying to, 
you know, stuff it down, right? When we stuff things down, it is still there and it will come out in other ways. It needs to get out. So sometimes that can be At the most inopportune time is when it's going to come out. Yeah. (laughs) Right. There'll be that kind of final straw moment and then we can have a very emotional reaction to that. Um, So if we're repressing, again, some ways other people are repressing acceptance is sometimes substance use. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is really an issue to keep an eye on right now because a lot of people are coping that way. And it's important to remember using alcohol, using drugs, using the distraction maybe of gambling or um, overeating, any of these things are... Even TV and video games can become that numbing mechanism that becomes unhealthy. Yep, because we're trying to check out in those moments, right? We're trying to distract ourselves, which a little element of all of that is fine. Mm -hmm. I watch a couple hours of, you know, Amazon Prime video every night. I think we've all watched Netflix from from beginning (laughs) to end over this time period here. Lots of Cheetos, you know, whatever feels (laughs) pretty good in that moment. And, you know, it can, so using drugs and alcohol can trigger our pleasure response in our brain, right? We feel pleasure. We feel like we are checking out. We feel like everything, honestly, is numbed. But when we do that and we're numbing and shoving emotions down, when that substance is out of your system, you still have all of that to look at. Um, And substance use is really an experience of, again, repressing, um, you know, what's going on. Um, And again, it's a coping mechanism. It's a maladaptive coping mechanism. We don't want there to be overuse of anything like that. Right. And And it's actually, it's, and, you know, a little bit of numbing is fine, like you said. But at the same time, if you are really tapping into your maladaptive numbing coping tools, you might want to start to notice what it, where you're not accepting something. Because I think a lot of times, you know, even through uh, this time period, like, Alcohol sales have been higher than they've ever been. You know, all of the we stores are open, open. essential service. And none of that, you know, in moderation, none of there's nothing wrong with that. But if you notice that you are really like abusing these substances, ask yourself the question, what am I resisting right now? What am I trying to escape Mm -hmm. from? Because there's probably something underneath that. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're numbing, we can accept things, right? Because we're trying to push them away. We're not able to have that experience of tapping into ourselves and really looking what's going on. Right, right. And there's just so much for us when we can get into a place of acceptance. I know there's, I there's been periods in my life where I've there's I really don't like the circumstance that's going on around me, and I really want to dig my heels in and say like, nope, I'm not going. I'm going to reject this. I'm mm-hmm. not going to accept what is happening around mm-hmm. me. But the problem is I didn't have any choice in it. And so when I did that, there was no way to see what could what what possibilities were available mm-hmm. to me in that moment. And there's always so, there's always another possibility available, but we can't see it if we're numbing or resisting it. Mm-hmm. Right. That shoving down and, okay, I'm going to put this in a box and put that on the shelf of avoidance, right? I'm just going to put it there. It's there. So therapy is a way that we can sit in a safe space again with someone that we trust and start to open those boxes. What is in there, right? Because they're all waiting for you. Mm -hmm. They're not going anywhere. But in therapy, you can clear them out and they actually do move around. Um, So Marshall Linehan gives us four steps to process radical acceptance. Laura, can you remind us what those are? Yes, and they're kind of similar to the RAIN process, but a little different twist. And so, you know, whatever one works for you, whatever one resonates is the one that you want to try out. So what she says is, first, notice that you're fighting reality. The first step towards radical acceptance 
is awareness that you're resisting reality. Mm-hmm. And so, again, that that goes back to the I don't like what's happening. Maybe mm-hmm. my relationship has ended and I don't want that to be true. But if I'm resisting that, I I'm going into a place of suffering because it is true. I might not have any control over my relationship at mm-hmm. ending. So I want to be able to just say, while I don't like this, this is what's happening. Yep. The next is to turn your mind towards acceptance. Once you've recognized that you're resisting some truth in your life, the next step is to turn your mind towards acceptance. And so that, again, is just starting to look for the ways that you can live your life within the context of this situation, Mm -hmm. knowing that I don't have any way to control this. You know, my relationship has ended. I don't have any, there's nothing I can do to change it. I don't like it, but I am open to the possibility that there's a way to live life within these circumstances. Yeah, that willingness again, Mm -hmm. right? I am willing in this point, at least to look at what accepting this moment might be. And again, acceptance does not equal being okay with a situation, Mm -hmm. agreeing with the situation. It's just accepting, okay, this is a thing. Right, Mm -hmm. exactly. And so then she says, Use your body to help you. And I Mm -hmm. think that this can be really helpful, you know, using breath work, using physical exercise, using different ways to process some of these emotions. What are some other ways? Use your body to help you. Um, Progressive muscle relaxation Mm -hmm. meditations where you're going through and scanning your whole body. So for an example, we'll say, you know, rest your face, tense it up, and then rest it again. And you do that throughout your body. Now, if you have pain in a certain part of your body, we can avoid that. But feel your arms, tighten your fists, and now let it go. And you're just really in tune with that piece of your body. And that tensing and releasing um, really helps to kind of relieve those muscles or what else is going on, where we're storing the trauma, right? We can feel trauma anywhere in our bodies. So it's a really good one to just go through and scan, be in touch with our bodies, and then releasing some of that. And like we said earlier, I love the idea of using your body because trauma is a, can be a very physical experience. Mm-hmm. It's not just a memory or, or an emotion. It can actually be like a physical experience you're yep. having in your body. So you want to use your body to help you as well. And then the final one is act as if. So I just see that as kind of a fake it to you till you make it kind of mindset where I'm going to start living my life as if I'm in acceptance of mm-hmm. this thing that I don't like. Right. So even though if I don't totally feel it yet, I can practice it. I can say, yep. okay, well, maybe I'm not totally accepting it. But if I was, what would that look like? Right, yeah. right. I think that's a you know a great enough effort to at least start there. And yeah, fake it till you make it, right? Okay, I'm going to act as if, even if it's not there yet. So let's see here. I think we're going to hit pause for a minute and break this down some more when we get back. And when we come back, we're going to continue with radical acceptance, answer our third question, which I think is the most powerful one. How can we be open to what this present moment has to offer us, even when we're in the throes of unwanted circumstances? So stay tuned into holding ground because you're not going to want to miss this. Some people choose their specialty, and sometimes the specialty chooses them. For me, becoming a relationship therapist, well, it was a little of both. Hi, I'm Laura Richer, founder of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And over the last decade, I've explored love from every angle. Professionally, self-love, unrequited love, and yes, personally, too. I love love. It's the most powerful force on the planet. It affects everything we do. 
My co-host, Michelle Mooney, is an absolute expert on healing anxiety and trauma and the ways we can move out of pain and suffering to create a life full of purpose and meaning. This is Holding Ground. Our passion, our one big thing in life, above and beyond love, relationships, trauma, addiction, and healing. Our specialty is helping others. At the end of the day, and well, on every Monday morning, what motivates us and drives us is helping you. So thank you for being here. It's sort of the best thing you could ever do. Oh, I love that. But I guess I would, right? Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. When you shop for new clothes, you're probably not thinking about the climate. But making apparel creates carbon pollution and the industry's emissions are on the rise as people buy and discard their clothes more frequently. The problem is made worse by the rise of fast fashion, clothes that are cheap to make and cheap to buy. But Chenden Yen of the World Resources Institute says apparel companies are starting to take climate action. Many companies globally are setting targets and then really trying very hard to reach those targets. Yen co-authored a paper that can guide the industry. She says the biggest challenge is that clothing brands often outsource manufacturing to companies in other countries. Those companies may rely on others for raw materials, which makes it hard to measure and reduce carbon pollution. So what a lot of these brands are doing is to educate and engage these suppliers. I think that's what we want to see, and we're seeing more and more. For example, Levi Strauss helps its suppliers obtain low-interest loans for renewable energy or efficiency projects. And Nike is helping manufacturers switch from fossil fuels to solar and biomass. Yen says as more suppliers get involved, it will help reduce carbon pollution throughout the industry. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional-sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Happy birthday to My son, Levi, was so proud to turn three, but he will never get the chance to turn four. I'm Nicole Hughes, Levi's mom, and while on a family vacation, his childhood was snatched away when I turned to close a bag of chips. He was sitting on the couch surrounded by friends, and I split a brownie with him, and then somehow he slipped out the back door unnoticed down a flight of stairs and fell into the pool. When I jumped in to grab my son, the other half of the brownie was still in my mouth. I never thought my child would drown, but I was wrong. Drowning is the single leading cause of death for children ages one to four. It is silent and fast, and it can happen even when you aren't swimming. Drowning is preventable. Please talk with your pediatrician about how you can keep your child safe. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Holding Ground, your favorite place to talk about all things in the world of mental health. I'm your co-host, Michelle Mooney, and I'm a licensed psychotherapist that specializes in grief, trauma, anxiety, depression, 
um, at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. I want to give a quick shout out to our producer, Benny. Um, he chimes in from now and again. We really appreciate that addition of humor. <laughs> um, and then also what you do to put our show together. So thank you to you. Oh, you're quite welcome, ladies. And to my right is my actual uh, co the host of the show. Or co-host. <laughs> yeah, or co-hosting co together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Licensed psychotherapist and owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective, Laura Richer. And Laura, we've been talking about acceptance, radical acceptance. Can you tell us more about that term radical in front of acceptance? Yes. So when we talk about radical acceptance, we're talking about extreme or profound acceptance. So if you're around my age and you were a kid and a teenager in the 80s, you might think of radical as the way to say awesome. It's totally hey, rad. rad. <laughs> um, and I guess this is kind of rad, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking <laughs> about extreme acceptance. Ex just no questions, just accepting what is. And again, when we apply this concept to something, it's not to the things that it's not about giving up altogether. There are mm -hmm. things that we can we can impact and have make changes and we want to focus on those things. But there are some things that we don't have any control over. And that's when we want to bring in the concept of radical acceptance because it's really our only option. It's the only way to see the see a path forward. So uh, one of my favorite self-help authors and spiritual teachers is named Byron Katie. And oh, this yes. is what she has to say about it. She says, everything happens at exactly the right moment, neither too soon nor too late. You don't have to like it. It's just easier if you do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I really appreciate all the experts that we do reference here because they do have some really hallmark techniques that we're able to give you at Anchor Light Therapy. And while all these resources and experts are wonderful they're probably not taking private clients at least as far as i know we don't know if they are but we, we are do. Yeah. <laughs> so yes but these are great resources if you're trying to explore topics of uh, acceptance um and how to and how to make peace with what is and so byron katie has a lot of books but she uses this process that she calls the work and the work is a process of something that we use a lot in therapy as well. It's reframing the narrative that you have in your mind about a particular situation or person or, or whatever. Exactly. So what we want to do when we're doing the work okay. or reframing the narrative, as we mm -hmm. call it in therapy, is we want to notice if we're digging our heels in and we're, we're resisting what is happening. And and by by doing the reframe, by if we stop resisting, if we try to look at it in a new way, we might start to be able to see that there are some other opportunities available to us. So, Michelle, when you work with clients and you do work around reframing the narrative, mm -hmm. and first of all, just tell our audience what we mean when we say reframing the narrative. Right. So when we come into therapy, we have many stories and narratives about ourselves and we can settle on those. So an example is, you know, I don't deserve to be safe. I don't deserve to be cared for. I am unattractive. And if we keep replaying that narrative in our head, that becomes our story. Mm -hmm. So then you bring that story to therapy, therapy and we kind of unpack that, break it down, find out where the root is of that. Well, um, you bring that story to therapy because you're bringing that experience yes. into your life. Yep. You know, if you have the experience of feeling unlovable or unattractive or that you were told that at some point mm -hmm. or not good enough in any form, that's going to start showing up in your life, right? Yeah. And, you know, and it doesn't always have to be this way. So a good example is a client of yours. Mm -hmm. She came in and she was really upset or, you know, having stuck around the fact that 
her husband could not accept her, you know, or really know what her trauma experience was like. And she just really wanted to have him share in that. So her narrative, and this is actually has happened with several people that I've worked with over the years. Her narrative was that if somebody can't fully understand my experience and what I've been through, then they're not going to be able to love me. Mm -hmm. And so that was the story she kept telling herself and it would show up in various different relationships that, you know, my my past is not something that anyone can understand. Therefore, they can't accept it. And I might just always end up being alone. Yeah. And working with that trauma. So while your partner might never have had that shared experience, what you can do is discuss with them. So, you know, sitting down, if my trauma is triggered, this might be how I react, just letting, you know, talking through those things. And then, you know, what do I need from you as a partner in that moment? So do I just need patience? Do I need understanding that maybe I need to take a moment? Um, Maybe we just want to feel cared for and compassion. So, Discussing those things, not you need to understand what I'm going through, but this is how we can support each other as this comes up. Um, And that narrative piece again. So, you know, for her, I just need my husband to understand it or, you know, it's I'm going to be unattractive forever. So these very like uh, strong statements of it will never or it will always be. Switching that narrative can be hard, but maybe we can open up ourselves to maybe just saying at least maybe it won't always be this way. Maybe I am attractive. Maybe I will get into a relationship that I want to be in. You know, maybe I do deserve. So even, you know, you can still grapple with that, but taking out this will never or this will always. Um, And one thing that can help with that is affirmation reminders. So an exercise I like to do with clients is putting a note on your mirrors to remind yourself of some affirmations. I am attractive. I am successful. I'm worthy of health, uh, healthy love and read those out loud or at least to yourself every day. Um, And if you're having a hard time with coming up for affirmations from yourself for yourself, people see in us what our strengths are. So maybe asking your partner, maybe even asking your therapist, I'm stuck. What are some affirmations that I can work through? And you know, people might say to you, yeah, you, you're so pretty, you're so successful, you're so creative. And then it's a lot easier to put that on your note, even if you don't believe it yet, because that's what we're trying to ingrain is that belief. So reading it over and over again and saying it to yourself. So I love that. And I think what going back to Byron Katie, the work that she does is she asks us because I think it really helps with affirmations is she asks us to look at a limiting belief that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example, if I have the belief that I'm unlovable and then she asks us to turn it around and see if we can't see proof of the opposite. So if the belief is I'm not lovable, then we want to write down the belief or the affirmation. Yep. Mm-hmm. I am lovable. Right. And then we want to start to train our brain to look for proof where that is true, because there's usually space for even if we're really invested in the belief that we're not lovable, if we can start to focus on the opposite, I am lovable, there might be some space where you can start to see proof of that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe my dog loves me. Maybe my mom loves me. Maybe yeah. there are some people in my life who appreciate me. And by changing that narrative, you really do start to change your life experience. Exactly. This is how we can see what the present moment has to offer us. You know, if we're resisting what is happening and we're arguing with reality, we're always going to go into this place of deep suffering because there's just no way around it. If something is happening that I don't like and I say this shouldn't be happening, there's nowhere to go from there. It's just suffering. But if I can say, okay, I don't like what's happening, but maybe there's something to this. Maybe there's something for me in this experience. 
that can open my mind to start seeing the possibilities. And there really are, even in negative experiences, there's always something for us. Mm -hmm. I don't know who, you know, I bet all of us have reflected on past relationships or old jobs that didn't work out. And while in the moment they they could have been super devastating, with a little time and space, you can go like, oh, thank God that didn't work out because that was not for me. Yes. And, you know, sometimes when we're stuck in these places of, gosh, I lost my job, I lost my job. Um, this is devastating, but we don't know what's coming, right? So that next bat- best, really good jo- uh, fit for our job can come our way. And it can be the best job that we ever had. And the only way that could have happened is losing our previous job. Yeah, we wouldn't if we hadn't gotten fired, we wouldn't have had that opportunity. <laughs> so right, exactly, exactly. So it opens new doors for us that may have been blocked by staying in a situation or ruminating in a, in a situation. Mm-hmm. The example of a bad relationship relationship we can come out of that devastated but then the door is open for somebody who really loves you to step in yes yeah I mean who hasn't gone through a breakup where in the end you thought oh my gosh you know maybe with a little time and space maybe a couple years away from it that you go what was I thinking that that was definitely not the person for me and thank goodness that it opened the door for somebody who really is a compatible fit. Yep. Yeah. And I can't relate with that at all. <laughs> Never, ever happened Never to me. Never happened. No. <laughs> yep. Just a series of great partners. <laughs> yes. People who uh, go into therapy usually have had one or two of those experiences. Mm-hmm. So yep. we can probably relate on a personal and professional level. Yes, yeah. exactly. So we know it's true. We know what we're talking about is valid. Right now, I mean, what are some of the things, Michelle, that people you see in session are having trouble accepting? Yeah, that's a really great question. I probably spend the first 15 to 20 minutes in any session checking in on how COVID and the pandemic is really affecting well-being. And a lot of times clients may have a coping mechanism of, I go to the gym every day. Well, that's been taken away. Or I try to go to the movies once a week or take myself out to dinner. All of that is gone. So I find a lot of clients who are kind of stuck. Well, I have all these great coping mechanisms. I can't use them. I'm getting more and more depressed. The isolation And that's key too. that isolation really can affect our mental health. Not having connection with others can really decline our mental health. Yeah. So what in this circumstance, you know, like in even going into an election year and this is not a political show and we're not going to get into political topics. But I noticed that that is a time where people really struggle with acceptance. Have you seen any of that starting to come up in sessions yet? Oh, yes, absolutely. Again, oh, gosh, just being stuck on, I can't believe this pandemic hit. It's changed my life. Um, But we're all here. Mm -hmm. We all were kind of forced into this situation where it's happening. And at first, I think a lot of people just kind of, what is this going to look like working from home? That's so weird. Um, All of the changes that have come along with us and accepting, you know, none of us can change a pandemic unless of work. potentially doctors and so we we can't do that we can't fix it so accepting again what is even though we don't like it so okay this is a pandemic I accept this so how do I deal with it and move forward so we just want to say that even though we're in times of uncertainty we want to just continue to focus on the things we can change because there are a lot of things that we can change yes but when those things that we don't have any control over come up for us You want to use some of the tools that we talked about today to see if you can't find a place of radical acceptance just so that you can have a less stressful and more positive uh, life experience. So maybe look for what this summer has to offer you. It might not be big vacations and crowded beaches and pool parties. It might look a little bit more 
like an experience with uh, Zoom. Zoom, yeah. <laughs> and maybe experiences that are transformative and healing. And those might look in it look very different than, than what we're used to. Um, but if we practice radical acceptance and extreme forgiveness, we can... It, it might be easy to rewrite some of these stories and reframe some of the old stories. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the summer, we might just find that we're loving ourselves even more, appreciating others, seeing the things that we can change, maybe saving the world. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And those things we can change, identifying those. So maybe I can start to eat healthier and that will help my health, obviously. Yeah. Maybe I can start drinking more water. Okay, I can't go to the gym. What exercise video can I watch at home? Um, I'm having a lot of anxiety. What do I do this? Go to therapy. Yeah, um, always go to therapy. Yep. And, you know, if even things that feel really big that are playing out on the world stage, you know, maybe you can't impact politics on a big level. But yeah. where can you volunteer? Where can you do activism? Where can you contribute your finances in mm-hmm. a, a way that supports what you're wanting to accomplish? Yep. Yeah, so supporting our passion, right? If we're feeling really passionate about social change, which I think is a lot of our experiences right now. Um, you know, that can really help funneling in our energy, funneling in our compassion for what's going on. We're able to use those things to stand up and create change, whether it is, you know, in a political landscape, if it's for, you know, an individual that we really support, if it's for ourselves in some way, that community piece can be so helpful. Absolutely. So honestly, it doesn't really sound like it has to be that bad of a of a summer. Um, so Michelle, tell our audience one more time what we're going to be talking about next week. Yeah, honestly, this doesn't have to be a bad summer. Um, it sounds like it might be a good chance for us to, of course, we're working from home, but really be introspective. And we're kind of sitting with ourselves right now. And we can identify, wow, this is a tool that I used to use for avoidance. Um, you know, some people smoke, some people go to the bar, gambling, or whatever it is. And we're not able to do those things anymore. So we're sitting at home with ourselves and really getting connected back to us. So and if we do, then we know what we need. We know how to move forward. Um, so, yeah, this summer at least presents some pretty good opportunities for that. Being creative um, with how you're connecting to others and being safe, of course. Um, but to find us online, um, Holding Ground uh, is our radio show page on Facebook. Anchor Light Therapy Collective is also on Facebook. Instagram, you can find us at Holding Ground Talk Radio or Anchor Light Therapy. And again, website is anchorlighttherapy.com where you can find out more information about us, read our blogs, and of course, sign up for a free consultation if you feel like it's time for you. Yes. So thank you so much for tuning in to Holding Ground. We'll be here next Monday at 9 a.m. to talk more about all things therapy and mental health. Have a good day. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in to Holding Ground. You can find us here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Laura Richer, owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective. And I'm Michelle Mooney, a therapist at Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. We'll see you next week.